when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the First Times Business Podcast of 2017. I'm Robert Miller. This week, we'll be looking at the high street and what to expect from a raft of trading updates. We'll be asking the Times share tipster why house builders are back in favour. And finally, we'll be taking an interplanetary trip. Spent spared there from the sound department. Anyway, I'm joined in the studio by Deirdre Hitwell, retail editor of The Times, Martin Waller, our Tempest editor, and on the line from New York, James Dean, US business editor of The Times. Welcome to you all. Happy New Year. Deirdre, we've heard from Next, and looking ahead, we're going to be hearing from Sainsbury's, Debenhams, and Tesco, but I suppose the one everyone is looking at is Marks and Spencer, isn't it? What do you think? we're going to hear. Yep, that next week is a big week for retail. We've got a lot of retailers reporting, as you said, John Lewis, Primark, Debenhams, Tesco. Obviously, everyone is now a bit nervous because Next sent a bit of a shockwave this week when it downgraded its um, profit expectations for this year. And Next, its full price sales were down, reduced footfall to the stores. It wasn't a good picture. And Lord Wilson, who is famously bearish, but even by his own standards, he was really downbeat and very, very cautious yesterday and said there's going to be tough times ahead. There's rising costs. And that's everything from increased import costs because of the fall in the pound, but also higher wages because of the national living wage, higher business rates, higher energy costs. So it was all pretty gloomy. But obviously, M&S is the nation's favourite retailer, certainly maybe not the favourite. I think that's the whole point, actually, so it's not the favourite, but it's certainly a retailer we obsess about. And it has a newish chief executive in Steve Rowe. So the big question will be how has M&S traded over Christmas and more importantly, how has its clothing division traded? And what do you expect? I mean, what are you hearing so far? I mean, given what you've said that a lot of the things that Lord Wilson has pointed out affected next affect M&S anyway, automatically, then in business rates, costs, pound, uh, buying raw materials. So not good. I mean, I, I visited probably like a lot of listeners an M&S over the festive period a number of times. It seemed to me there was a lot of pilot high sun at cheap food. Well, the problem that M&S has always had in terms of its clothing is it's uh, been criticised for having too many different labels. So it's very confusing. Its ranges were very big, too many. You know, you'd find one top you might like and then it would be available in 10 different colours. It's 
actual visual merchandising has been criticised. So when you go into a store, there's so much to see and they're, and they're not creating suggestions of how you can put their clothes together. But that is what Steve Rowe has set about doing. The, the difficulty at the moment for m is it's quite hard to see exactly what's going on because Steve Rowe has introduced a lot of initiatives quite quickly. They've taken out a lot of promotions uh, because m was being criticised for always um, holding too many promotions. So shoppers were trained to wait for the discounts. Um, so it's taken a lot of that. It has been reducing its range. It's trying to get regular lower prices. Um, so I think it could be a bit of a difficult time to get a really accurate picture. But of course, everyone will be looking at the like flag sales. And if, if next is anything to go by, I think it's been really tough on the high street. Lord Wilson said fewer people were coming to the stores. And even at discount, people weren't buying as much. Martin. What do you think? You've been shaking your head there. I, you... I think that Deirdre's job and the job of her commentators have made it an awful lot easier if we could remove the words Britain's favourite retailer whenever we mention <laughs> Marks and Spencers because they are plainly not. Not for food, not for clothes. I was in one before Christmas, funnily enough, in a clothing store and it was surprisingly shabby, poorly executed and badly run. We didn't buy anything. Um, and we were quite happy to. Um, I think that as regards the high street as a whole, um, we're going to see a lot of very mixed statements. I think that, that non-food will be, will be poor. I think food will be quite good, actually. I've got a feeling that supermarkets will probably outperform. I think people were in a mood to go out and buy stuff and enjoy Christmas. It's all part of the, the trend towards paying for experiences rather than things. We've all got enough things, or most of us have enough things. and We're more likely to spend money on holidays good food, restaurants, whatever, on experiences and, on, and, and spend money on memories. And that doesn't play to the strengths of a, high, of a sh- rather decayed, old-fashioned high street re- retailers trying to still selling us fashions 20 years ago. Notwithstanding Mr Waller's exacting retail standards, I think it is fair to say that M&S is still very popular amongst a large proportion of the population. I mean, this is a retailer that has more than 800 stores and in many smaller regional towns, M&S will be the biggest retailer there and it'll anchor the high street. So I think a lot of people do have um, a deep attachment to M&S and I also think it is quite popular, particularly in its food area, but that's always been its problem. Its food division has been steaming ahead while clothing and, and homeware sales have just... Uh, lag behind all of its uh, competitors, which is why one of the new strategies of Steve Rose to roll out more of these smaller, simply food stores, which are doing quite well. Can I bring you in here, James, in New York? I mean, we've heard from Macy's recently and others, the world's consumer of last resort. Is it? I'm getting a bearish picture from here. What's the what's the view from the United States? Um, it's pretty similar, to be honest. I mean, I must say the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was very good, as usual. But um, the, um, uh, as you said, it's recently talked about its sales over the Christmas and the uh, Thanksgiving period, and they were not good at all. And um, the shares have had a bit of a hammering since. So um, it's not looking good. I mean, similarly as well, I mean, Macy's is um, it's the biggest US department uh, store by retail sales. Another big one is Coles as well, and it's reported similarly poor figures. And again, the shares have been absolutely hammered. This actually has all come in as a separate report, shown that um, you know online sales have had a super year, you know, 11% or so higher than last year. So maybe you can tell where, where all the money's gone instead. Do you think then, Deirdre, this is about the, the, the shabby retail 
outlets that perhaps in general that Martin was referring to, people are switching to online. So it's simply a matter of the the fleet footed of the retailers will simply shift. They won't do badly in business terms or overall revenues. Um, I think it's a bit of both. Obviously, it's a bit of a cop out. But I do think I mean, a lot of sales have shifted to online and you do have some pure play online retailers which are doing very well, ASOS, Boohoo. But there are also retailers with stores that are doing very well. And I think part of the reason is shoppers are very fickle. um, They're not very loyal. They have a lot of choice. And if there's no reason to visit a store then people won't go. I think the collapse of BHS demonstrates that completely. It had become a totally irrelevant retailer by the time it collapsed and nothing that they did was able to draw anyone in. Whereas you look at John Lewis or a retailer like Apple, you walk past the Apple store on Regent Street and it is thronged constantly. So I think it's a com- for, for retailers it's a combination of trying to have a store that people want to visit. I hate this expression, but, you know, an experience um, that re- uh, that shoppers want to partake in in a store as well as having a good and efficient online operation. The problem for M&S is M&S has a huge store estate which it's trying to reduce and it also doesn't have a good track record of execution. If you go back over the past few years, M&S has spent billions on investing in its business capital expenditure and we're still in the same position. So if I was a shareholder in M&S, I would be really hoping that Steve Rowe would finally manage to square that circle that has eluded M&S for so long. Martin, I mean, looking at it in terms of the retail experience, what about the shareholder experience in the retail sector generally? Bearish, or do you think that there are, like Deirdre says, pockets like Boohoo and in the listed market that people will stay loyal to in terms of keeping their holdings? Or would you be a seller of retail at the moment? I would be a seller of retail at the moment, um, mainly because the uncertainty is concerning the general UK economy. I think this point is interesting. I mean, I, I, I contrast two stores, and it's part, part of the key of this. I was in an Apple store before Christmas, and indeed, if you buy something from Apple, you probably want to buy it over the counter. You want to see it, you want to hold it, and you want to know you can take it back if it doesn't work. If you want to buy a CD, for example, again, forward music, you get it from Amazon, because it doesn't really matter. And that really explains the way the market's segmented. Some retailers are appropriate for online, some aren't, and, and, and the ones that aren't will continue to do well, I think. In terms of the share price valuations, I, would be, I wouldn't be bu- rushing to buy at this stage. Well, actually, moving on slightly in terms of, of, of valuations, we've, we've seen the start of the uh, Martin in terms of house builders. You've written about it and continue to, to monitor the sector. Uh, and you can find all those articles online. We're going to be hearing from Barrett Developments, Taylor Wimpies and others. But why, apart from the fact that Deutsche Bank said the sector was 30% undervalued, which seems to be rather generous, why are house builders suddenly back in, in favour? Because they fell out of favour a great deal after the Brexit vote, and I wrote at the time, um, some of the valuations that the sector was on, you were seeing sort of dividend yields, which frankly, in any rational world, if any if any company is yielding 8% as somewhere after, immediately after the sharp share price falls after the referendum, that means the dividend is going to be cut. Now, the big point about the house builders is they are stuffed full of cash. We are not where we were in 2009, and they can afford to keep paying those dividends, and those yields made no sense. I think the market... It's beginning, I spent the last couple of years thinking, is this the end of the party for the house builders? And they keep calling the top, and the house builders keep climbing, and they keep calling the top, and, and Brexit gave the market a reason to sort of crystallise its views and to say, well, actually, you know, we think that um, people are going to stop buying homes because um, the economy is going to turn down and people can't afford it and interest rates, interest rates will rise. I think this is an absolute fallacy. 
and I've said this again and again, I think that what's happened now is the share price has fallen so far. We had a very strange profit warning from Bovis, which seemed to suggest people stopped buying houses in December. And everyone, and there was some not very good mortgage figures, and everyone ran around in circles saying, oh, well, gosh, that's the end of the party again. Now we're seeing Persimmon coming up with very good figures today. It seems obvious that the Bovis experience was, was only a question that certain people were not buying from Bovis. It was a one-off. It was company-specific. And as I, I personally believe, you'll see the prices start to rise again as the market becomes more reassured and take the view that that fall since Brexit is overdone. Uh, well, I hope so. As a homeowner, the prices go up. But um, having covered property um, in the past, one thing is certain is that there is always at some point a cyclical downturn in, in housing. And the house builders that do the best are the ones which Barclay demonstrated in the last, Barclay Homes in the last recession, if, if they've bought land appropriately at the right price and then they build it the right pace and can sell at the right pace but I mean anecdotally I've had two friends who have had to drop their house prices quite significantly to sell them one by £40,000 you could argue maybe the asking price was too high to begin with but I do think that there's definitely a little bit of um, uncertainty amongst consumers and also if, if you go through London there's huge amounts of development going on particularly around the Nine Arms area I mean there is just such a staggering amount of new flats being built in that area near Vauxhall and you do have to wonder where is are all the people who are going to buy these but many of the flats or the house builders claim the flats are sold or pre-sold but I do think it'll be interesting to see in three years time where we are and if the market has managed to maintain a steady pace. James, just a quick thought from you over there in New York. I mean, does the property market seem to obsess Americans and certainly the house prices as much as it does us, in your experience now? In my experience so far, I think, you know, an Englishman's home is his castle rings quite true. There seems to be less obsession over here. But then again, um, I think it's less of an obsession because of the amount of choice you have. I mean, if you want to live in Manhattan, the likelihood is you're not going to buy somewhere because I think the average asking price is about $2 million, or at least I think it was hit a record high at the end of last year. Um, if you want to go um, a bit further out, as in, you know, you could go probably 50 miles further out, you can still just buy up a plot of land and build something on it. So I think because there's so much choice, we care a bit less, whereas in the UK, because of the kind of limited uh, limited choice of where to build and where to buy we are obsessed because the likelihood is we're going to have to buy somewhere quite expensive but you know we're a smaller country so that could be part of the reason i also think in um the us they have a much more developed um institutional private rented sector so that is flats that are developed for rent only for rent and sometimes it can be thousands of units owned by a particular landlord they're well serviced and managed and it makes it easier for people uh, to rent not saying that rents are cheap in New York I'm sure they're not <laughs> James will probably attest to that absolutely but, not but there is definitely um, a much better mix of tenure for people who are renting and that is something actually that they're trying to introduce particularly in London because there's often very few choices for people who can't afford to buy but are facing exorbitant rents and so that's what the government has for many years been talking about trying to um, encourage that but so far with only limited success. All right we'll sit tight thanks for that we're going to take a short break now and when we return we'll be looking at what Elon Musk has for him. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Space Plans. The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. 2016 has been branded the year of the SME. This is your year. Time for your business to stand out. Are you ready? Vodafone's Ready Business Britain, in association with The Times and Sunday Times, has all the advice, insight and analysis your business needs to make this your year. Get ready. Visit readybusinessbritain.co.uk. Welcome back. Now, Elon Musk's SpaceX plans to return to flight shortly after it experienced a rocket explosion in September. Thankfully, there were no fatalities. And it's just awaiting final approval from the federal authorities. Uh, James, this obviously, it is actually a serious space business, doesn't it? It has contracts already to put satellites in space and to supply the International Space Station. But first, this is how Elon Musk described his vision of space travel. Um, with, with SpaceX, it's uh, trying to help um, solve the kind of space-bearing problem. Um, I mean, I, I, I think that a, a future where we're a space-bearing civilization um, and, a, and a multi-planet species is a very exciting, inspiring, awesome future. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order for that to happen, um, we've, we've got to um, dramatically improve the cost of spaceflight. Um, and uh, and that's, that's why, why SpaceX exists. Is to try to try to lower the cost of spaceflight, uh, which we've made some progress in doing, but still, I would call our improvements thus far um, evolutionary, not revolutionary. Is it a viable business, or is it seen as a viable business on Wall Street, James? We wouldn't know yet. I mean, it's still privately held at the moment, but um, it, it's a funny one. Um, SpaceX, I think, gets a lot more respect than. Tesla does. I mean, Tesla publicly traded, regularly misses delivery targets for its electric cars, and as in, you know, it, miss, it missed one, uh, admitted to missing one this week, even. So SpaceX, we know less about the the underlying financials, but you know, we do know that this is a viable company that sends rockets up to the International Space Station for resupply missions. It launches satellites, so you know, it seems to be, it seems to certainly be, certainly be working. I mean. As we heard from Elon just then, um, he was talking about manned spaceflight and whatnot. I think that's still some way off. I mean, his ultimate goal, I think, is to 
to colonize Mars at some point. But um, again, I mean, even landing uh, some kind of capsule on Mars by uh, by SpaceX is still some months and certainly sorry, certainly some years away. SpaceX itself, yeah, it had a bit of a, a bit of an upset in September. One of its rockets exploded on the launch pad on, on the launch pad. Sorry, and. Uh, it destroyed a satellite. Uh, it was an Israeli-owned satellite that Facebook was going to use um, up in up in space to provide internet access to remote parts. Um, that was pretty bad. I mean, I think Musk said at the time it was the worst experience the company had had in its, I think, its 15-year history. Um, but yeah, the investigators have finished uh, investigations now. That was NASA and other U.S. agencies have finished looking into it. They think they know the cause of the explosion, um, and SpaceX has made some changes to the way it um, kind of fuels the rockets, and it's going to make some further design changes in the future. So they're thinking that the next launch could be in the next few days. But obviously, this has pushed SpaceX's um, launch schedule back a bit. So um, it's not all good news. But I guess we'll see in the, in the next year or so whether it can uh, stick to. Uh, you know, make good on his contracts. I just thought it was quite funny there in that ex- excerpt uh, from Elon Musk that he was talking about a multi-planet species. So he's, you know, it's a bit Star Trekky, isn't he? We're going to like colonize uh, neighboring um, planets. But it's interesting what you're saying about Tesla because Tesla is expanding quite rapidly in the UK. They've been opening a number of um, outlets um, in shopping malls of all places. They've been making quite a lot of headway. For example, they have quite a big showroom in um, the Westfield London mall, and the whole idea is it's making it more accessible for consumers, particularly female buyers who might be intimidated going into a typical car dealership to go in on their lunch hour and learn about, you know, those electric vehicles. So I don't know. It's, he's an interesting guy, but I think all these kind of billionaire entrepreneur types always seem to, you know, want the final frontier to be space. I mean, Richard Branson's been doing a lot around that area for quite some time and not yeah. that successfully either, I don't think. Oh, so yeah, I thought from you. Yes, indeed. Remind me what happened to Virgin Galactic, will you? I remember interviewing the man who ran it almost 10 years ago, and he was absolutely certain they'd been space in two years. That didn't seem to happen. Uh, Elon Musk been reading far too much science fiction, unfortunately. But, I mean, it's, frankly, I, 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 I confess, so have I. Um, but I don't believe the stuff. Um, and I think that genuinely the notion that we could build any sort of space-faring civilization or multi-plant or whatever with the current level of technology or, or even decades and decades beyond is, is, is a fantasy. I mean, it's, it's good for him to have these dreams, but let's, let's not invest in them, please. I think, I think, I think, I think what, as Martin says, they are absolutely dreams. I think if you t- take away from what Musk says, I mean, Musk is very, very good at going on a public platform and saying stuff that I think most people know might not actually happen. But in terms of what, in terms of what SpaceX is doing uh, fundamentally at the moment which is mainly you know as i said iss deliveries and launching satellites it seems to be doing fairly well the question is how much is it spending on this dream of musks to colonize mars um we don't know that's the problem well i have to say one thing it adds to the gaiety of life in general and that's it for now but remember you can keep up to date with all the news and analysis online on your phone or tablet and of course in the paper if you'd like to become a subscriber sign up to the times.co.uk for just one pound and if you want to hear us weekly you can subscribe through itunes please do feel free to post comments we'd love to hear from you my thanks to deirdre hipwell martin waller and of course over in new york james dean they're all on twitter so please if you don't already follow them thanks for listening and please join us again next week the times business podcast is sponsored by vodafone's ready business britain when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 